Hello, Ducks fans. Welcome to another episode of the Quack Report. We are live post Ducks game. And not even just that, post Ducks win. First of the season. The Anaheim Ducks are undefeated. Yeah. <laughs> 82 and 0. Here we come. Not say that anymore. <laughs> What's that? Said so how long until we can't say that anymore? <laughs> Saturday, maybe. <laughs> no, I don't know. Um, trying not to no, be the Debbie Downer. Ducks no, no. win. That was fun. That was, that was a good time. Roller coaster of emotions. Jesus yeah. Christ. <laughs> Shout out to I don't remember your full name on YouTube because I just called you Eminem. Um, <laughs> I will but, find it here. I will find it. Yeah, here. but man, big shout out to him when the Ducks were down four two, and Nate and I were like, "Is this going to be how it's going to go? Like we're getting outplayed, getting outshot. Not great." Let's, uh, like, it was just, you know, we were down. And he was like, nah, 5-4, let's go. Then the Ducks scored, like, moments later. Make it 4-3. A little later, Ducks scored again, 4-4. And then we're like, oh, okay. And then, yeah, he, he put 5-4 again in the chat. And then here we go. He even called it. He called Terry as the winner, too. He said oh. from Zegris, but, like, I mean, come on. Eh, close enough. I'll take it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I've, man, if you, if you can predict Gibson gets the primary assist on a Troy Terry goal, like that's, that's yeah. spectacular. <laughs> but, oh, man. You know, you know what? We'll get to that. We got we to gotta take a step back. We got to get calm for a sec. There it is. Yeah. We were just talking hey, about Megawatt Mega and, and Mezdro. Eminem, who, who single handedly manifested this comeback when we were down 4 2. Thank you, there it is. my dude. <laughs> oh, man. That's a. Uh, we owe it That's to good you. stuff. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I love it. I love it. Good stuff. Yeah, man. What a what a I'm roller coaster you, of a game. I'm glad you popped in the chat there, uh, Eminem, because I was trying to find they normally on the THPN streams like after it'll show the chat and it's not showing the chat. So yeah. I, th- I think I'm it has a to little like, upset for a like for a split second there, and then there you were. <laughs> yeah, I think it has to like process, you know. Yeah. A little bit, so or so, for some reason. But. Yeah. Um, speaking of processing, though, currently, as we're, you know, we're literally five minutes from wrapping up the stream, and it does mm-hmm. take YouTube a little bit to figure out how many people exactly tuned in. Uh, currently, we're sitting at over 400 of you hung out with us nice. to watch that home opener. So thank you very much for that. It was yeah, a lot much, of fun, and we are happy to be back. Much appreciated. Thanks. Shout out to you guys. That's awesome. <laughs> we got uh we had Allie in well before the episode even happened before the game even happened uh quack yeah. quack checking in from the honda center and nice, here nice. she is again saying oh hey oh hey welcome Allie. back how's it going uh seattle sports diaries i hate life being a seattle fan in the, <laughs> is the world's hardest jobs hey <laughs> you can't say that after your mariners beat my jays okay <laughs> keep that to yourself right now <laughs> Uh, and, and then Eminem saying, uh, may the power of Perry and get slapped compel you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, I love it. That, that's just two points in the bank there for, for your neck tattoo of uh, Perry yep. gets slapped. <laughs> it's coming when the Ducks win the cup. So I love that. I love that. Oh. Lots of fun. Yeah, the watch along was great. Uh, everyone that's carrying over for the post game reaction, we appreciate very much. Everyone who's listening to this on Thursday on your favorite podcasting app, we very much appreciate it as well. Yes. Um, yeah, and Allie, because you were at the game, how was the atmosphere? Because it sounded loud uh, sounded very in loud. there after, especially after that four-four goal. Like that was yeah. uh, that was big. So, place was 
bumping. So yeah. it was good. Why didn't they give Gibby a star? It's a good question. Who? I know I Troy mean, Terry was the first star, but I missed who they said was second and third. I mean, he had four goals against, but he still somehow he had... 48 shots. He still somehow had an, like an over 900 save percentage here. I do yeah, have the that's, stats up. Why am I looking at my phone? Yeah, that's a, <laughs> nine, a 917 save percentage. That's fine. He's the reason we were still he in still the had game. A Jesus Christ. <laughs> yeah, right? Like, he's... Yeah, he doesn't get enough love. Stroman, McTavish, that's fair. They had they had good nights. Yeah, there okay. was a lot of there was a lot of good um, teams to choose from or players to choose players from. To choose sorry. from, yeah. So, hey, tra- uh, uh, what was it? Uh, John Gibson was the highest star or the or had the most three star nominations in the season last year by oh by yeah a bit. Yeah, might no. not be the case this year. I mean, no. I know it's a po- that's a completely yeah, pointless yeah. stat, but. He like it's it might show that he's not the only guy doing stuff every night. Yeah. Which and yeah, and there's gonna be nights welcome. where that is the case. Very right? welcome. So, <laughs> yeah, that that is gonna be the case some nights. But um Ali says it was pretty loud, silly they said it was sold out though. There were quite a few empty seats. Yeah, I noticed that does that happen, was, but, I guess, with yeah. uh season ticket holders, especially. But yeah. And I mean, like a lot of people go and they like just stand as well. Yeah, that too. Like they find yeah, not everybody's in their stuff. seats. Yeah. Yeah, that is true. So. But yeah, it like it, it looked like it was almost sold out. But there, yeah, there was still like a few empty mm-hmm. well, like patches, I guess. I don't know. But, yeah. Um, what else we got here from Seattle Sports Diaries? Lots of good from the Kraken though tonight. Yeah, the, that was great. Um, I thought they were they played really solid. I mean, forty eight shots. It's hard to be mad about that, right? Yeah. Um, dumb mistakes. The first grade alone. <laughs> yeah, dumb mistakes though cost us. Ryan Donato is continuing his dumb penalty tradition. Want him gone? <laughs> yeah, not a not a good look. Um, I mean, to it's it's easy to shit on Grubauer, right? But like to be fair, I think he he played really well until the last what ten minutes is that when comeback kind of started. Yeah, I'm just yeah. Nine fifty six is when Vitrano yeah. made it four three. Yeah, like he was he looked solid. So I mean, it sucks that that had to happen in the first game because like that puts doubt in his mind. He let in the first shot too, which put yeah puts doubt there. Like I, I don't want to see him have a horrible season, right? Because like he's a good goalie, but it's I do just be for division wise. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Of course, but like it's gonna be tough for him to like mentally bounce back from that. So it's tough. But we're a Ducks podcast, so we won't get too down about Grubauer because we got John Gibson. <laughs> uh, Gibby should have definitely been the first star. He definitely should have been up there. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's just so hard to only pick three sometimes. Like, you could have yeah. picked you could have picked Vetrano as well. He had a good night. Um, Klingberg had good... <laughs> I've been talking for a long time, dude. We, yeah, we I have mean, been going for a few hours. So uh, yeah. I guess just to, to preface this episode, this first part will be live, and then we'll let you know when we're transitioning to pre-recorded stuff from earlier today uh, before the game. So just because we both do have to get up fairly early in the morning. so um, Yeah, so we pre-recorded all the but, news, but obviously we couldn't talk about this. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um, what else? Uh, we got- uh, yeah, so we've been talking for, at this point, Six hours, five hours, um, six hours, five, somewhere in there. Five and a half, I think. Yeah. Be so we, we've been we've been going for a while here. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> uh, Ali says Klingberg Klingberg is so good. Glad we got him. Yeah. He had a phenomenal if, night. Yeah. If he, he keeps it up, right? Like it's and depending on where we are in the standings, 
could be an easy sell for a big haul at the deadline. Could be, hey, would you like to stay in Anaheim? And he signs mm-hmm. an extension. Yeah, so, I um, it, it's a win-win. I think either way. Yeah, I, I don't want to bog this conversation down because yep. we we had a good night. But um, I did hear on thirty-two thoughts today on their Western Conference preview, uh, Elliot Friedman, um, I guess predicted, kind of long shot predicted that Klingberg would finish the season in Edmonton. That was kind of his long shot. Oh, that's my night ruined. <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> um, so that's the prediction. But that's only if the Ducks aren't in playoff contention. If they are, they're keeping John Klingberg around. Absolutely, because yeah. he was phenomenal on the power play tonight. He that was... is a bold take by Elliot too, though, because like mm-hmm. Edmonton's not going to want to give up much to a division rival, even if they're not like competing against them for playoff spots yet. Yeah, right. Yeah. So it's, you don't want to give up your future to who you're going to face. Yeah. Although, interesting. Yeah, it, it depends. So we'll, we'll, we'll talk about that another yeah. time, I think. But it was just an interesting thing because I was like, I don't, I don't know if that makes sense for either side, really. But yeah. We'll see. Um, Elliot, the, the season that, like, at that point hasn't even started yet. Yeah. <laughs> don't do that. <laughs> um, oh, yes. I was looking at John Klingberg because he, uh, yeah, phenomenal night for him. Um, really calm. Calming presence on the power play. Our power play was two for three. He made some great passes and and just like it, everything flowed through him, and it just seemed like way more competent than we've seen in past years. I thought. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you're not wrong there. So. Yeah, uh, you had another comment here from Seattle Sports Diaries. Oh yeah, I was just throwing it up on screen, but uh, Seattle Sports Diaries wants okay. the Ducks and Kraken to face off in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Uh, his childhood team versus oh, yeah. uh, his hometown team, and that's the dream playoff series for him. Yeah, I mean, we kind of talked about that on the uh, watch along tonight. Like in yeah. five years, you're going to have Zegers and McTavish down the middle in Anaheim, and Beniers and Wright down the middle in Seattle. Those guys are young now, but they're going to be so talented. I mean, they already are talented guys, yeah. but like they're going to be just absolutely nuts in five years in this Pacific division. And I, I think a playoff series between these two and a playoff rivalry, maybe mm-hmm. I, I give it four years. These teams meet in the playoffs in four years. They don't like each other. And then year five is just chaos. Okay. Regular so season, season playoffs, eight all and that. nine of this show is when we're going to have the Kraken and the ducks against each other. Yeah, okay. I think so. Yeah. All right. Sounds good. It because seems that's far away, but that was also like prime, half right? a degree ago for me, so. <laughs> and that's about half, well, that's about a third of, we're about a third of the way to there now, because we've done three full seasons, so. Yeah, fair nine enough. Nine will be another three, and then another three. But, fair enough. Yeah, quick math. Anyways, not here for math. But. Someone else, or someone else, I guess, who's been around. Oh, okay. Yeah, go for that. Yeah. Oh, yeah, sorry. <laughs> uh, if Gibby ends up with, with a 9.33, he can be on the neck tat as well. <laughs> Nice. I love it. Uh, someone else has been around for a while. Marcus is chiming in with a, hey, how's it going, Marcus? Haven't seen good. you in a while, buddy. Yeah, good to see you again. Hope you're well. <sighs> Stay away from Klingberg. <laughs> yeah, I, I would I would much prefer him on the Ducks. Carter's already got the hate for Drysdale. <laughs> We've established this. No. <laughs> Timestamp that as a hockey oracle predictions. Oh, yeah. good idea. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, this game was a ton of fun. To watch, like like we said, in the last ten minutes, that. the first five, and the last ten. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, it's not even that it wasn't exciting. It's just like the Ducks weren't the best team. Like we saw yeah. some. I, I don't want to call them growing pains, but like we saw 
I mean, yeah, we'll, we'll yeah, call that's, it that. That's a good way to describe it, I think. Yeah, because like, it's game one of the season. Our team is still very young, and we have a ton of new guys that are still probably trying to figure out their role in the roster, I guess. And like, a lot of them are veterans, like Klingberg, and like, he knows what to do night in and night out. He knows he's going to be on the power play. Um, Strom knows he's going to be second line center and a role model for Mason McTavish. Um, Vetrano knows he's just being brought in for depth scoring and leadership in the locker room. Like they, those guys know their role, but they still need to fit in with the team a little bit, I think. So it's going to be, there, there's going to be some rough nights, I think for the first couple weeks, mm-hmm. but then as the new guys settle in, as the rust shakes off from the season, as Zegris decides, Oh, you know what? This is my second season in the NHL. How about I do something cooler than the Michigan? Like, <laughs> and Mason McTavish was like, oh, I'm not playing in the WHL anymore, so I'm just going to like put up more goals than Austin Matthews. Like, <laughs> w- Once that happens, give it, give it two weeks, then we're good. Give it two weeks? <laughs> <laughs> I'm down for it. I'm 100% no, down maybe, for it. Maybe not the last couple of things, but once the team becomes like more of a team, then we'll be, we'll be good. We, we won't have that awful lull in the middle where we have to bank on uh, our buddy our buddy Eminem here yeah. <laughs> manifesting a three-goal comeback chat. every night. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Um, what, what were some other highlights for you tonight? Uh, other highlights for me, I, I know we kind of talked about it a bit, but John Gibson, for a good chunk of this game, I'll say, um, I hope I can say this a lot more than I did last year, but John Gibson was a major factor in this being a win for the Ducks. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, like we talked about already, uh, 44 saves on 48 shots. Uh, had I think it was 21 against in the first period. And um, yeah, a 917 save percentage. And I am trying to pull up his stats from tonight specifically here yeah Mm -hmm. uh did help us here sure enough uh with a 1.06 goal save above expected so there was one that he just absolutely robbed which good because we only won by one we went to overtime right yeah yeah he doesn't save it we're not even going to overtime so yeah and uh try to take a look here yeah a fair amount of honestly all types of shots 30 low danger nine medium five high um and that he faced you mean yeah that he faced and luckily um three of those goals uh were considered high danger so yeah they were good shots from yeah it wasn't really right (laughs) yeah it wasn't really any weak ones necessarily um yeah gibson had a gibson had a strong game there were a couple Mm -hmm times where like i know i commented like he really seems like he's flopping around like in a lost way right just like yeah for a split second just forgot how to goalie almost yeah um which that terrifies me because we know john gibson like can be a very stable guy so when he starts when he starts really flopping that's when i'm like crap like something's gonna happen here that we don't Mm -hmm. like um but yeah managed to pushed through it and uh yeah kept that team uh kept that team going there so mm-hmm. um and yeah taking a look at the uh yeah we're back for another season the shot maps are back too mm-hmm. um a lot of yeah you can see a lot of high danger like good chances for the uh 
for the Kraken, but the Ducks getting their chances too uh, between or like below the below the hash marks there. So it was good. Mm-hmm. The Ducks shots are a lot more spread out comparatively, I think, um, just like by the looks yeah. of it. But they did manage to get their chances there for sure. Um, now you said most of the Kraken's chances were like low danger though, which is generally the case, right? But you said it was like yeah. thirty some. It was it was thirty chances. it was thirty low danger chances, but a lot of those are looking like they're either coming from it would be Gibson's left, which we have touched on before uh, mm-hmm. quite a bit. Uh, it's his left side that does seem to be kind of the weaker side. And uh, I'm counting two, four, six, eight, ten, eleven chances in front of the crease between the like below the hash marks. So there were definite mm-hmm. chances right on the doorstep there, which the defense does need to improve on. But it is hard to not have those chances be there when you're on the penalty kill for a good chunk of the game, right? Like we talked, we talked yeah. about like f- I think it was. What were the what were the final stats for that? Three of the four, yeah, three of the four goals were power play goals for the Kraken yeah. tonight. Kraken, if, was, Kraken the, had five power play opportunities as well. So yeah, so I don't know if that's again it, it's one game. We'll have to see kind of as, as the season goes on if that's the Kraken's power play is really good and we don't need to worry as much about the penalty kill or if the penalty kill is the issue there and it's early in the season. So yeah. From what I remember, the um, the Ducks penalty kill is a lot of newer guys, so there could just be like it a does seem to be it's some gro- yeah, growing pains, kind of like we talked about. Yeah, um, so, let's see because daily fat or daily faceoff has the penalty kill units now. Um, first one was Grant Silverberg, Fowler, Shattenkirk, so the, not concerned about that one. And then Lundstrom, Jones, uh, Bolu, and Kulikov, second power play unit. So. Both good defenders, Bolio and Kulikov, but there's probably a communication issue there between those two together and then them with Gibson. Um, yeah, that could on be. On that second That's unit. Tough. And from what I remember, a lot of the Kraken power play goals came in kind of the, the second half of the power play that they had, if I remember correctly. Yeah, I, th- I, ca- I kind of remember it going that way too. Uh one more thing here as well. You know, we love the deserve to win meter as well, combining mm-hmm. all of these uh, stats together and who theoretically would win this game out of uh, a thousand simulations on moneypuck.com. Uh, and yeah, the Ducks pulled two points out of their ass early in the season. 85.5% of the time <laughs> out of a thousand simulations, the Kraken are winning this game. <laughs> yeah. So That's, yeah, John, there. John Gibson, yes, was again the stars don't matter, but in terms of like the three stars, but John Gibson maybe should have had that yeah. be considered. So he he held us in the game when we had no business being in the game. Yeah, namely uh, the first period and the first bit of the second period. So yeah, uh, time on ice leaders for uh, the forwards top three. Trevor Zegris at 12.31, it looks like. Troy Terry at 11.50. Sorry, and, Troy Terry at what? <laughs> uh, Troy Terry at 11.50. That's and it? Ryan Strom at 11.14. That's what they have listed here for now for all situations. Um, it might that be seems, different on the NHL. Seems app, wrong. Though. Like for Trevor Zegris to have 20 minutes, but the next closest only have 11. 
Seems weird. Okay, uh, NHL.com is listing Trevor Zegers yeah. as having 1809. That sounds a bit more yeah. right. Yeah, Troy uh, Terry at 1920. <laughs> and Ryan Strom at 1817. So still your leaders anyway for um, for the forwards there. Yeah. Uh, so that, that at least did line up. Um, and uh, what else can I... Can I pull up here? Um, yeah, and I mean, oh, you, sorry, you were talking about not um, liking me there. <laughs> that's okay. You were talking like ten medium danger chances, or yeah, is that what it was? Or no, it was ten chances from in front of the crease, right? Yeah, that yeah. I could count like the the circle chance. Yeah, the chances. Yeah. yeah. So, but I mean, when you think about it, like almost fifty shots for the Kraken in this game, like twenty percent of them from right in front of the net. You you put that onto like a thirty. Um, we'll, we'll go thirty six shot average because I think that's that comes out to a nicer number. Um, well, seven point two. Which all right, we'll go thirty five. Seven. Yeah, there, there you go. So like that's yeah. Here's seven would still be a lot for like a, a more normal amount of shots per game, but like it's not. Um, yeah, still not totally what you'd like to see maybe like yeah so um yeah the shots looked like for gibson at least it was coming high from like the middle to left side but low on his right side quite a bit which does make sense um seattle does like their left side especially they they do have that's where they seem to have the depth to me Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, on paper, at least. So that totally makes sense. Along with those three high danger chances being right at the circle there on that left side. Yeah, not surprising there. Mm-hmm. Um, we can even take a look at who those are from. And that, um, yeah, that one's a goal there. Burakovsky. Yep, makes sense. Um, Bjorkstrand and McCann. Yeah, all of those left side guys. So. Hundred percent makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. I mean, it's yeah. There's improvements to be made, but overall, like, it's an improvement. Just this one game is an improvement from what we saw most of last year. I would say. Yeah. Because even when we were on that big winning streak, we were like, "Oh, like this is good. Like we're winning games." But look at this shot map. Like this isn't. Yeah, really things aren't looking great. Here, like there was so. there was always something where it's like this is a statistical anomaly kind of thing like what's what's going on so yeah. um and like we still have a little bit of that in this one like yeah we won 5-4 in overtime that's great but like there's a lot of things that could be cleaned up but it's game 1 yeah not, it's game 1 hopefully not game 70 yeah. or 80 right yeah hopefully it does get cleaned up and we continue to go up from here right so especially yeah. considering last season how it ended the only place you could go up hopefully or it could go is up, hopefully. So mm-hmm. yeah. Um, Ali brought this up a few minutes ago, and I just want to touch on that. That Comtois fight was nasty. Yeah, guys throwing a few haymakers there. It was looking yeah. good. So yeah, was, and not just a, because either. Like he, uh, yeah, he, he was shooting to kill on those ones. There was one punch that came Comtois' way that uh, I think he's lucky that it missed because oh, yeah. that would have rocked him pretty good. Yeah. But uh, yeah, no, he might still a, be on the ice. <laughs> yeah, that was, that was a good, that was a good tilt, though. It was, it was good to see. It's, mm-hmm. it's good to see some, because again, like after, especially after like last year, right? Like where it was Deloria protecting guys, but there wasn't a whole. It, it didn't feel like there was a whole lot of emotion out there sometimes. Yeah, 
And so, like, Kongpa even coming out swinging in game one, that feels good already. So, yeah. there's a lot of positives to this game. Yes, there's a few downsides, but, again, it's game one. Things can get cleaned up in those respects, at least. Yeah. Um, Nathan Beaulieu, I believe, is like a a fighter, from what I remember. And HockeyFights.com, the post... Some great clips of everybody's fight. Doesn't I don't know if they just don't have their site updated yet for uh oh no. Oh, I guess twenty one twenty two was last season. No, we're good. Sorry, we're good. He had three fights last season. Um in the NHL. In the yeah, NHL, yeah. And he only played like twenty some games. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, he fought Tanner Janot in October of last year. And that would uh, be a tilt as well. Janot was not a small dude. No, not at all. Um he fought uh, somebody Joshua, D. Joshua in St. Louis. I don't know who that is in December. And then um, Brian Boyle in Pittsburgh in January. Again, another not small guy. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, we were talk- we, we talked, um, this will kind of, I guess, be a, a bit of a spoiler for the pre-recorded part of the show, but we talked like why Bolio over Mahura for sending them down on waivers. And... Um, mm-hmm. And I think that, I mean, not that Josh Mahurin didn't fight either, but if Bolio is that guy and is that grit on the back end, like maybe. Yeah. Maybe maybe that's the advantage there. I don't know. I, I really don't know. Um, Josh Mahurin fights. Oh, yeah. No, he's only fought once. And that was in 2016. That was a while ago. <laughs> yeah. For some reason, I thought I remembered more. And oh, he's, not, and then, he's not too old of a sorry. guy either. No, and sorry, that was at, in 2016. That was with, um, was he with Red Deer? Or was he with Regina? I think he was in, on Red Deer. Oh, like still playing juniors. Yeah, so, yeah, so this was in junior. Was his oh, dang. I didn't yeah. know that they tracked that even. <laughs> yeah, apparently. <laughs> That's awesome. I got to go. Okay. Junior tilts are something different. Now I know I gotta go watch those <laughs> on that. Yeah, right. On, on uh, hockey fights. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I mean, great to see that emotion from Comtois. Um, but yeah, I think you're right. I think the that was something missing from last year, and I think that yeah. could be good to have this year. So yeah. Um, going back to when we were talking about the penalty kill, we have some solid penalty killers. It would be nice to see them perform like the World Juniors. Oh, excuse yeah. me. Mm-hmm. Faux show, faux show, and. Uh, Eminem also saying, Duck's got a bit of rust. Got to get some oil in the gears to get them moving. Yeah, exactly. Got to gotta agree with you there. And uh, Amon Lal, welcome back. Good to see you again. Saying, uh, call up Zellweger now. <laughs> <That'd> <laughs> uh, be let great, him, hey? him have his time in junior. It's all good. He'll be he'll, here he'll be soon. Here. He'll be, he'll here, be here eventually. Yeah, yeah. it's it's all good. All good. Um, we also had uh, Fel Floria here. Uh, yeah. Gopedo saying hi from Oahu. Uh, our D is suspect, though. Yes. Yeah. yeah. The, the, yeah. We we've talked already. Yeah. The defense needs a little bit of working, but it'll it'll come. I think. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. Yeah. No. I, that's fair, Herman. I would have liked to see him get his nine yeah. games as well. I'm I'm very surprised that he didn't, unless they're like banking on being able to get him into the nine games at the end of the season, either because the Ducks are Ooh, way out of the playoffs. That- or they're Ooh. in a playoff spot and they're like, let's get, or we we're, we have injuries, let's get Zellweger in later in the season. You know? I'd like, like, to, like, to, fill I'd like to think it is that last 
few games of the season type deal. Mm-hmm. I'd like to yeah. think it is that. Mm-hmm. Which does make sense because the Ducks aren't in a position to be really contending yet. No. It, so it does make more honest. sense. Yeah. So, because that's when NHL teams will kind of back off a little bit if they're in playoff spots. And typically at the end of the season, you're against division rivals more so um, yeah. who are pushing for those spots, right? Or are it's, done already. Yeah. So. And, and it's a better taste of what the NHL is like yeah. than it, trying to get that feeling out. out process. Everyone's trying to get their guys, their nine games in and or whatever the case might be, right? But um, let's look at Matty Beneers last season. Right. Just because we just played him, right? Yep. Um, but he's, I think, the prime example of bring a guy in at the end of the season into real NHL ge- games and see what you actually have with him. Mm-hmm. And it's not like beginning of the season for him either. Like he would have played his entire um, his entire junior season already, right? Or no, he was college. He's a college guy, isn't he? Beneers? I believe yeah. so. Do- yeah. Yeah. Doesn't matter. Anyways, his season was over, but he had already had all of that practice in, right? So he was he was in form already, I guess. And mm-hmm. in that 21-22 season, for the Seattle Kraken's last 10 games, Matty Beneers had three goals, six assists for nine points as a, in his first 10 games, which is nuts. And I think the only one he didn't get a point in was his very first one. Nope. Which one was it? It was... Uh, oh, it was kind of in the middle against Dallas. But he's he had a point in every other game mm-hmm. but that one. So... I think that could be a good time to bring up Olin Selwig. Yeah. I do have one more comparison because you brought up yeah. Matty Beneers for the end of the season. I think a mm-hmm. better comparison even is uh, a guy like Owen Power of the Buffalo Sabres now. Yeah, there you go. They brought him in at the end of last season. And yeah, P- uh, Power and Beneers, if I'm remembering this correctly, uh, University of Michigan. That sounds right. Yeah. If I remember correctly, uh, together. Uh, yeah, Owen Power came in last year uh, for the last few games of the season. Eight games played, two goals, three points, uh, plus three with two penalty minutes, ten shots. Again, this is Buffalo as well. Yeah. So um, kind of similar spot I feel like Anaheim might be. Um, so, yeah, it's I, I do like that idea now that we're kind of talking about it out loud of – tries Zellweger at the end of the season and then then he's not sitting with it the entire junior year of I had the taste of the NHL and now I'm back here in a way. Yeah, I, Some I think, guys can kind of take it as a bit of a slight but like trying yeah. to keep it positive as best as they can mm-hmm. but if you give them that taste at the end kind of thing and then okay now go into the off season and do your like do your best to stay here. Yeah and I think so, that I do kind of like that actually. That's kind of the the other option is kind of what happened with Mason McTavish, but mm-hmm. I think he took it well because he started with the Ducks, got injured unfortunately, but then came back to finish up his games with the Ducks, and yeah. then that was and then so he had gotten that taste, but they had sent him back because he he played well, but just not like well enough to make the team, and he was still young, so like why would you have to keep him on the dumpster fire that was the Anaheim Ducks at that point, um, and. But he had gotten that taste. He's like, I know what it takes to play in the NHL now, and I'm just going to play that way, but in junior. And I'm going to play that way in the World Juniors. And I'm going to play that way in the Olympics, right? So it's, yeah. I think it worked well for him and probably his mindset. So this is why, this is where like the 
player development coaches, I guess, come in like, oh, I, this is how this guy is going to react and if we develop him this way. So let's give him the taste and then give him the season to dominate and then he'll come into camp harder. And maybe with Owen Power, it was the other way around. Like, okay, let's give him the taste at the end of the season and then it's like, oh, well, season's done. So, you know, see you in training camp and then they're not cutting him from the team. And then he's got that positive um, mindset, I guess, going into yeah. the off season to make it. So, um, uh, but yeah, Evans you're right. Power, Power and Veneers were both with um, University of Michigan there. So, yeah, and uh, the Everett several uh, the Everett Silver Tips as well for Ian Zellweger's case. Um, last year, we're hoping to make a decent playoff push, and I'm sure they are this year as well. Right? Like, let the kid go play for championships right now instead of mm-hmm. trying to develop on a team that is not going to be let's be honest here yeah so let him let him get some confidence and yeah go and go for it that way i like that idea so yeah uh some other comments here uh from for florida from Fef floria yeah we, we need to wrap this up because i'm losing my words here <laughs> <laughs> losing manson was horrible yeah it was tough uh the toughness in the back end is gone she also says um, or he or they will say they um, I don't know why I went with she so I apologize they for Floria also says <laughs> I like Mc, McTee McTavish because I feel he's going to be the new Kessler uh, Ducks don't need another uh, puck mover right now in uh oh for Zellweger's case uh, I mean yeah we got cause I, I guess we got Klingberg Drysdale and Fowler, Fowler can to an do extent. well to it yeah I think we're fine there Back yeah. in Iden when he's back. That's yeah, yeah, that's true too. Yeah, um, so I if, think if we I do trade if we do trade Klingberg at the deadline, then that's when we could maybe have that that spot open for Zellweger. But yeah. Freddie. Ah, is that your name? Freddie. There we go. Cool. And now um, we go. <laughs> yeah, and Amon uh, also saying Veneers reminds me of Datsuk. Okay. 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 I can see it. Yeah, um, and I think I need to see a bit more, more, but I do. Yeah, yeah, for sure. It's it's definitely too early to tell, but yeah, I could, I could see flashes here. Um, Eminem, I was a huge Manson fan, but we had to let him go. He won the cup, and we got good returns, which is true. Yeah, um, yeah, I think everyone in Anaheim was sad to see him go, but yeah, uh, you can't deny the good return we got, and then he got a cup. So yeah. Uh, true, but I believe, I believe they flipped Klingberg for Manson. Okay. All right. Is Colorado... <laughs> I, can, I, I can go for that idea, but... <laughs> if Colorado traded for Manson last year, though, to bring him in as like that, we need like a, just a solid hitting depth defenseman, why would they... I don't know why they would try and get rid of him at the deadline then, if they're the... He's the kind of guy that they're looking yeah. for at the deadline. So I'm looking at the follow up from Mega, uh, yeah, from Megawatt here. Yeah. Uh, call me crazy. I don't know if Manson signed another contract with Colorado. Yes, he did. Because uh, mm-hmm. he was a free agent going into this season. He did sign. Uh, how long was it? Was it four years? I think it was four or five years. He did sign like long term uh, with them, though. So mm-hmm. that's why I'm kind of eh on that idea that you have. Um, yeah. It sounds like that's where. He wants to be so yeah yeah, yeah. i don't yeah I, I agree with ali here i don't think he will be coming back unfortunately so mm-hmm. that was yeah. kind of that talk before he signed right of like hey go win a cup and then 
come back because it sounded mm-hmm. like he did really like uh, the Anaheim area. But um, yeah, it's it's all good. So we can, yeah. but we'll, we'll figure it out, right? Yeah, uh, yeah. He's four and a half, or sorry, he's four years, four and a half million dollars in Colorado. No trade in the first two years, and a modified no trade, being a ten team, twelve team no trade list in the last two years. Mm. So. He's definitely not coming back for the first two years. In the last two years, maybe. Yeah. I would imagine Anaheim doesn't make it on his no-trade list if they are a good team, like mm-hmm. we project them to be, and like, um, and if he liked it here, right? So, Yeah. Okay. Um, is there anything else you want to add here about this game, Nate? Or uh, you, you kind of good? Yeah, I think... Yeah, the only thing I got to say is like, that's a great start to the season for the most mm-hmm. part. <laughs> so, I mean, yeah, it's great to start off with a win, start off with two points, and uh, keep it going from here. So, yeah, ride, no, like, ride that wave a little bit. Yeah, we talked about things to improve on, right? But, like, there's also a lot to be happy about in this game, which we maybe didn't talk too much about in this episode, but we did talk about on the watch along. And uh, actually, no, we, we did talk about it here. We, we got on the hype train for all the guys like Terry, McTavish, Gibson. So, yeah, we're, we're good. We're all yeah. good. Um, Okay, yeah. Well, I think um, we'll take a quick break. Um, well, for you guys, you guys will get a <laughs> quick break. Uh, we're going to take off and we'll, we'll play the pre-recorded part of the episode now where we'll talk Ducks news, we'll preview upcoming games, all that uh, fun stuff that you, you know from the Quack Report. Um, again, the watch-along was a blast. We hope to do more. We'll let you guys know. Um, and be sure to tell your friends if you uh, like that as well. But yeah, we hope you have a good night. And... Um, We will past versions of ourselves. We'll see you on the (laughs) other side of the break. All right. Take care. Hockey fans, it's finally time to hit the ice again. And thanks to DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL, you're in for the season of a lifetime. New customers can bet $5 on any team and get $200 in free bets if they win. Maybe you want to take the odds on Mason McTavish winning the Calder Trophy for Rookie of the Year this year. He has the second best odds on DraftKings Sportsbook behind Matty Berniers of the Seattle Kraken at plus 500. And if that wasn't enough excitement, you can turn small bets into bigger payouts with same-game parlays. Combine multiple bets like which team will win, how many goals will be scored, and more for your shot at an even bigger payout. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable, so you can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. So, what are you waiting for? Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now, use the promo code THPN, bet $5 on any NHL team to win their game, and get $200 in free bets if they do. Again, that's code THPN, as in the Hockey Podcast Network, only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. All right, welcome back. We are now in the pre-recorded part that we recorded before the game tonight. So uh, just to cover some other news that's uh, gone on since our last episode, um, which was last Wednesday. Um, yeah, and I mean, these are all things that we, we may have talked about on the watch along as well. Um, so it's uh, it's possible. You may have heard some of this stuff before, but also if you didn't tune in for the watch along, you're listening to this the next day, then you get all the uh, juicy info and, and deets here as well. So uh, Glenn Godden, we had uh, picked him up in 
this offseason here, and uh, he did not start the year with the Ducks. Um, so we put him on waivers, and he has passed through waivers, and we've assigned him to the AHL there. He, I mean, we might see him at some point in the season. I think he's probably going to be one of those guys who gets the first call up in the event of an injury, but that's, uh, but I mean, if he has to go through waivers, it kind of depends. So we'll have to see here, I guess. But um, yeah, Nate, you have some stats on him and, and his yeah, contract. So, right? Yeah, we have talked about Godden before. Uh, he was. Uh, for his NHL career so far, or his professional hockey career, we'll call it, I guess. He hasn't played too much in the NHL. Uh was primarily with the Calgary Flames system uh, down in Stockton there before they moved now to Calgary as well, which that's been a fun thing uh, up north here to try to get used to. But uh, yeah, mm-hmm. last year with the Stockton Heat, playing 62 games, uh, scoring 15 goals, 35 assists for 50 points. And then uh, Stockton had gone on for... Um, into to the Western Conference final against the Chicago Wolves. So he so Godden played in ten games, uh, scored three goals, three assists for six points. So the guy can definitely produce in the American League, but mm-hmm. it's still yet to be seen if he can do it at the NHL level. I thought he might have had a chance just with how kind of the Anaheim roster was that he may have gotten mm-hmm. a chance, like bottom six minutes kind of thing to yeah. kind of stick with it a little bit because, like I said, he hasn't played much in the NHL. Uh, in total with the Calgary Flames, he played nine games between the 2021 and 21-22 seasons, mm-hmm. um, putting up one point. So um, yeah. He's still young, though, isn't he? Yeah, Godin is uh, 25. So oh, Okay. Yeah, so, early, uh, yeah, early 97. Relatively. So, yeah, there, there is still time for him, but mm-hmm. and but it's just he just needs to find that next step, and hopefully he can do that in San Diego. Um, yeah. Because this is a guy that I think could contribute to uh, the Ducks fairly well, um, especially offensively there. Uh, his numbers in the WHL, he was playing uh, for the Swift Current Broncos. Uh, his last year of junior uh, in 2017-18, yes, I know this is a few years ago, mm-hmm. and the WHL is known for high scoring. But this guy put up 125 points in 67 games with the Swift Current Broncos, oh. uh, being their captain. 56 goals and 69 assists. Nice. Hmm. Um, and then same thing going into the playoffs that year. I believe the Broncos were looking to like they were like was it was it 17 18 that they were like, Ooh, looking to know. win the championship or like even a Memorial Cup like a national championship there. It was anyway, around they then. were yeah I don't remember that. they were poised to go hard. Um, and uh, yeah, like 24 games in those playoffs, 32 points there. So like, this is a guy that can produce offensively and has shown it in the past and is showing it in the AHL again. He just needs to be able to show that he can do it in the NHL, I think. So mm-hmm. um, if you bring him up, I mean, it's not like Anaheim's really in cap hell or anything like that. Um, yeah. But uh, he is making, you know, a lowly 762.5. So um you're not too worried about a cap hit thousand, if you bring them yeah. up. Yes, yeah, seven hundred and sixty two thousand. I should yeah, uh stress that. But um yeah, you're you're not worried too much cap wise if you had to bring them up or you know, kind of try to do cap gymnastics or anything. Yeah, the only thing is just like he is uh he is like he, he has to go through waivers, like the majority of players anyway, but mm-hmm. um basically if he does get that chance at Anaheim, he's gotta hope that he sticks. And um, he's he's not having to be sent down, but producing if that time comes. So, yeah. Uh, just to jump back to Swift Current here, since uh, 
we had brought them up. The 17-18 year was the year they really went for it. That's when they won the WHL championship. I don't know what they did in the Memorial Cup, but they didn't they bring in Stuart Skinner? They did, yeah. That, now one one B, I guess you want to call him uh, for Edmonton for the Oilers. Yeah, yeah, they did. Um, um, they brought someone else in from I thought from Lethbridge as well, but this article doesn't really say it. But yeah, I mean that yeah that year was absolutely stacked. Yeah, that was a crazy year for Swift Current. Um, The Memorial Cup that year was... Oh, yeah, right. It was hosted by Regina, uh, the Pats, and included uh, the Hamilton Bulldogs, the Acadie Bathurst um, Titan, Mm. and then, yeah, Swift Current beating the Everett Silver Tips 4-2 in that series. So. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, the only names that jump out to me as NHL guys are Godden and Skinner on that roster. Um, some other ones, like from the World Juniors, like Joel Hofer was on that team. Um, mm-hmm. Another goalie. Uh, Logan Barlogi. Why do I know that name? Oh, yeah, he played with Lethbridge uh, and Medicine Hat for a, a year. As well, but okay. that was after being in Swift Current, so that's why mm-hmm. uh, I would know him. Um, yeah, so I mean, like a lot of these guys are still young, so you might not hear of them. But I mean, like it, it was a disgusting team yeah. in, in Swift Current that year. <laughs> yeah, it was. So, um, so yeah, I mean, it's it was one of the few times that you saw like a junior team make moves because they're like we're going for it kind of thing yeah like, it like happen, you no. might get like a move kind of thing like which like that's like a like i said that's not really uncommon but like like with mason mctavish move, last year like he yeah. was on a nothing team and then he went to a team that was like we're gonna win it this year but like yeah it was, it was coming from a nothing team like if you're one of those middle teams then you you'd probably hang on to him because most teams make the playoffs in the chl yeah but so. Stuart skinner was going from Lethbridge, who Swift Current and Lethbridge met in the conference finals. Yeah. <laughs> and so, yeah, like, like, and I, I do remember, I don't remember what the trade was, but that was a big trade, I remember. It, yeah, it was and, a big deal. But yeah, like, Swift Current making multiple bigger moves in a go for it thing. Like, that's not really seen in junior hockey too often. So it was a, no. it was a big deal when, when they did that. Yeah. They traded, um, yeah, so the the Stuart or the <laughs> Stuart Skinners, the Swift Current Broncos acquired Stuart Skinner, captain of the Lethbridge Hurricanes, Giorgio Estefan, right, um, and then in exchange for, um, oh, and also forward Tanner Nagel, Nigel, in exchange for uh, goaltender Logan Fladell, uh, a rookie Logan Barlogi. Uh, forward Owen Blocker and defenseman Matthew Stanley. So, like, there was a lot of moving pieces. Oh, and yeah. a first-round draft pick in the 2020 WHL draft, and a third-round pick, and a conditional second. So, <laughs> there was a lot of shit. They were like, I, we don't care. We want this guy, this guy, and this guy. Just, we're going to yeah. keep adding pieces on until you, your eyes light up. Like, until you're fine with it, yeah. So, yeah, which is rare. Very, very rare. So Yeah. But, yeah, going back to Glenn Godden, like, he he's probably going to be one of those perennial AHL guys that only comes up every so often to fill in for injuries, does a fine job and gets sent back down. Every like system needs one of those guys. Um, so, I mean, he's not going to be like 
a staple of the Ducks' bottom six for the next five years, but no. we'll probably see him here and there, and he'll be well-loved, I guess. Yeah, it would be nice for him to have a little bit of a following there. Um, oh, for sure, yeah. Yeah, it does look like he's at, at least for cap friendly, it looks like he's at the top of the depth chart there um, for centers. Oh, so, yeah, I'm not surprised. Yeah, yeah, yeah we've look, absolutely looks, ravaged that farm for the last couple of years. So. Yeah, looks <laughs> to be like him, Chase DeLeo, and Daniel Regan Yeah. Yeah, no, so. that makes sense. So, uh, what? Oh, no, Braden Tracy's a winger, right? Braden Tracy is a winger, yes. Yeah, okay. Left wing. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. Is it is he slotted to be with Glenn Godden there? Uh it doesn't line? have the it doesn't have the lineups for the minors. Oh, okay. Just gotcha. kind of like okay, but is like, he top of the depth chart? Uh Braden Tracy. Okay, maybe not for the minors. It goes by depth necessarily. I could like I could be totally wrong on that. Because oh, okay. Braden Tracy is at the bottom of the f- like near the bottom of the forwards there. Interesting. So yeah. but he is one I mean, of the this is... higher paid. <laughs> One so yeah, this is why we need the uh, the Gulls Report podcast from that the yep. Ducks are putting out because <laughs> it's yeah we're I have a better we're idea of what, what that is what that is yeah yeah but I I mean the point I was trying to get at was if those guys are on a like a, a line together and kind of become a a good chemistry pairing Gordon and Tracy then potentially if Braden Tracy makes his way up then that could be Gordon's opportunity to get back into yeah. the NHL if he's got good chemistry there but that depends yep. on. Braden Tracy turning into a stud as well. So, yeah, we'll see. Um, yeah. Anyways, that's uh, ten minutes on Glenn Godden there, so we can <laughs> probably move on from that. <laughs> leave Leave it to us to just like start talking about the WHL again. Well, yeah. I mean, it's it's one of the leagues we know like super well. So, yeah. like when we can make that connection, we turn it into like two Jeff Merricks, and and the, like all we can talk yeah, about exactly. is like, oh, I remember this guy when he was in junior, and this uh, good old uh, what's the uh, Gatineau guy or something. What's the team that he? Yeah. Always, he's always yeah. On Gatineau. Not Gatineau. It's is it Gatineau or, or Guelph? Oh no, Guelph. That's what it yeah. is. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. He he knows like everybody who has ever like said the word Guelph. I swear to God. Yeah, exactly. Like, my, my my big thing for the like the junior hockey tie-in, especially last year with uh, Colorado, was like everyone's talking about like Darren Helm because of his game winners, and I'm just like, mm-hmm. I fucking remember watching Darren Helm in the old Medicine Hat Arena. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> so. Uh. Yeah, good times, good times. Anyways, um, moving on here, some more uh, roster moves. Well, we were lucky with Glenn Godden, who didn't get uh, picked up off waivers and got to assign him to the AHL. We did unfortunately lose Josh Mahura to the Florida Panthers. Uh, Josh Mahura being around the club here for four, excuse me, seasons, 79 games up with the big boys, 20 points in those games. I mean, he was a solid staple on the back end when he was healthy and when we... um, when we needed him to be, but yeah, so like I'm, I'm kind of upset to see him go because that it definitely makes our defense worse. I would say, but yeah, it is looking a little sparse right now, especially with. I mean, this again, this part's pre-recorded at the moment is still unknown for Bakunin. There hasn't been any information really since he was released from the hospital a couple yeah. of weeks ago. Um, I mean, I would imagine they're being very careful with yeah. him. At, at the time of this pre-recorded part, at least, uh, he's still out along with uh, John Moore is still out as well. So mm-hmm. that's why you have your uh, top six going into opening night being of 
uh, Cam Fowler, John Klingberg, Dmitry Kulikov, Jamie Drysdale, Nathan Beaulieu, and Kevin Shatkirk. So, yeah, I would I would have liked to have nothing against Beaulieu whatsoever. I would have liked to have Mahura as that seventh option, mm-hmm. right, to fill in I think for Bakanainen if he yeah. if he is going to be out here. But yeah. um, Nathan Beaulieu though is still a good option. Can play both sides as well. Um, mm-hmm. A little bit more experienced overall, I guess, at 29. But that's where it would have been nice to have Mahura as the 24 year old, right? Like, just yeah. to build for later a little bit more. So, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, no, I haven't seen anything on John Moore's injury even, so I don't even know like when he's expected to come back. Yeah, there, I, I don't think there's been anything put out no. about that. So, so which probably means he's not coming back tomorrow kind of thing yeah so, or, or uh, tonight unless he just like magically like they're doing i i would it wouldn't surprise me like john again, like, style <laughs> yeah just and yeah uh you know there's like they're doing the introductions or whatever and they just randomly go and number five you're a nine and he just skates out and everyone's just like okay i guess he's fine yeah all right cool <laughs> thanks for letting us know they save it to the very end and they're like and your 22 23 captain number five <laughs> could you fucking imagine <laughs> oh my god i would actually go like okay who gave dallas eakins the final say on captain this year <laughs> yeah okay nothing against that kind but like no <laughs> I, yeah you're not giving it to a guy who like literally came at the tread date trade deadline <laughs> what, did, what did i say tread deadline Tra- something like what, I, don't know. I don't know where I was going, but the trade you said deadline and played like gibberish. It, my my yeah. gibberish is a little off, but like I, <laughs> I couldn't really understand that. Yeah, he's <laughs> like back then he hasn't even like played that many. Oh god, spelling back. Uh, <laughs> it's finished, so it's it's a hard name to spell. <laughs> well, yeah, there's there's just too many A's, but um, yeah, he played like 14 games with us last year. Yeah. Like there, there's no way you're giving him captain out of his 29 <laughs> for last season. So <laughs> yeah. So yeah, but all, all just fun <laughs> hypotheticals. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, Josh Mahura. Sad to see him go to Florida. Um, we did get Brett Leeson from Washington. Is that where he came from? Yes. Why am I not? Yeah. Okay. Yep. Uh, we did get him. He was a forward. Um, he's a name I've heard before, at least. So that's a good sign. But I don't know much else. So this is where i come into this is where i come into play (laughs) uh drafted 2019 second round 56 overall uh yeah 23 year old 6'5 225 he's listed at as a right winger this is a big dude let me tell you um last year last year he split time between the caps and the hershey bears uh i'll go ahl nhl so his hershey bears numbers uh, 31 games played, six goals for thir- and 13 points, and then with the Caps, 36 games, uh, three goals, six points. So he's not, he's still trying to find his footing offensively. It looks like, uh, even in his previous two years with uh, Hershey, 33 games, 20 points, 50 games, 14 points. So he, he's starting to figure it out. Um, mm-hmm. He is, uh, from what we've seen already, and again, I guess this is after the game anyway scratched for tonight's game um yeah but uh yeah just so- somebody to fill in on the on the uh on the right side there if need be because that's yeah. another position that we can be sparse quickly if guys go down 
Oh, and for sure. We, and yeah. we and we saw that last year, even just with Silverberg out for a while, right? Like, yeah, it's a big. Silverberg wasn't playing the greatest before or after the injury, but like mm-hmm. he definitely helped having a little bit of depth there. So, yeah, no, absolutely. So, um, so yeah, th- those are the waiver claims and moves as they relate to the Ducks. There, there was uh, obviously quite a few guys going up and down just over the last couple of days as. Uh, starting opening season rosters got finalized there. Um, mm-hmm. I think the most surprising one, though, for me, um, and, and I think probably for you too, because we talked about it briefly off air, was uh, Connor Ingram going from Nashville to Arizona. He got claimed off. Yeah, that was, a, that was a tough position for Nashville. I'm sure they saw it coming. Um, but yeah, Connor Ingram claimed yeah. by the Arizona Coyotes there. He'll probably back up uh, Vamelka. Um and because who did they who did who was uh, it projected for to be behind Melka no, in Arizona? They, otherwise, they picked up somebody else. I don't and I don't remember who it was. I was just in the process of pulling up their um, their info, but um, where are they? Uh, in the minors, they have John Gillies, and right, that's who we were yeah, thinking. Yeah, yeah, they claimed someone else though, didn't they? Um, uh, Yusuf Alamaki, defenseman from Calgary, is who they claimed. Uh, yeah, there was a goalie though, wasn't? Oh no, I'm thinking no. Ottawa claimed a goalie from uh, Helberg from, from no Helberg from uh, Seattle. Oh right, yeah, okay. Because um, I remember the the yeah. Yeah, goalie right. community at least was like, okay, how can I get my custom order times this fast? Because I think it was like <laughs> a day or two later after he was claimed. Brian's was already posting his brand new custom set of pads, like, like, oh, really? not like a stock graphic, like a very nice, like it's like the front profile basically of like the Spartan helmet on the on the senator's logo. Mm-hmm. But like within a day or two, already like those are getting posted, and everyone's just like, "How can I get that instead of like the six to eight month window?" <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, so, but yeah, I mean that's a. Yeah, him and Vamelka, I think, are going to be a sick tandem in It'll be a couple of years there. So the um, the the rest of the team this year, yikes! But yeah. still going to be better than Chicago, we think. So oh, definitely, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, there's there was something else I wanted to oh, yes, because Arizona was one of the busier teams in terms of waiver claims and stuff, and I thought there was another one. Um, Connor Ingram and then Yusuf Alamaki. Oh, Jonas Johansson. That's that's who else they claimed him back in September. Mm, yep. Um, is he not a goaltender? Oh no. Yeah, he is. With he was with Colorado. Cap Friendly still has him with Colorado, so that's weird. They're going to be trying a bunch of different guys. I feel like, and a couple teams are probably going to be going. Hey, we want our goalie back if they have to go on waivers. Yeah, they actually. So yes, Jonas Johansson was supposed to be the backup, but now they've placed him on waivers as of today. So it's possible Jonas Johansson is going somewhere else. But that basically means Connor Ingram is going to be the, <laughs> the backup. backup. Yeah. yeah. Unless he's waiver this- exempt, is that maybe what they're doing? Um, I am not sure. Say, Give me the name one more time. I'll take a look. Connor Ingram? Oh, no. Ingram wouldn't be waivers exempt because that's how Claire, Carolina or uh, Arizona oh, yeah. claimed. Obviously. Yeah, yeah. Oh, but he has to... Isn't there... I, I was confused by this. I tried to ask this question on 
uh, on Twitter to Money Puck. Um, is there a limit for how many games? Like I thought when you claimed a guy off waivers, they have to be on your roster for a certain amount of days or a certain amount of games um, before you can send them down to the minors. Um, Once the season starts, I mean. I thought it was 30 days, but now I can't find where I had heard that. That that feels like a long time. Because remember, too, the reason that Vimelka is even an Arizona Coyote was that <clears throat> he was playing over in uh, in Finland, and yeah. he was the goalie for the Finnish national team for the Olympics. Yeah. And was playing really well, and Toronto was in goalie hell for a little bit there, too. Oh, right, we're like, yeah. hey, like this Vimelka guy, let's give him a chance. So they signed him, but he had to, because you're bringing a player over from Europe, they have to clear waivers. And so mm-hmm. Arizona's just like, <laughs> fuck you, and uh, and grab Vimelka. So Vimelka signed yeah. a contract to play for Toronto specifically. Mm-hmm. And they, you know, next thing he knows, he's probably getting a call from Arizona going, hey, so you're actually not going to be a Leaf. You're going to be a Coyote. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and he's probably like, this is not what I signed up for. You, you know, absolutely. Amount. Okay, fine. <laughs> you, you absolutely know that Arizona did that. And then they got a call from Kyle Dubas, and they were like, "What the fuck? What like? What are you? Why are you taking a goalie?" And they were like, "Austin Matthews, or, or we're keeping him." <laughs> and then Dubas hung up the phone and figured something else out. <laughs> See, now I feel like that's the second option, or like it's like second most likely. First, yeah. most, first most likely, fuck you. You're the Toronto Maple Leafs. Yeah, nobody that's likes true. you anyway. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, like, I think it. I I forget how it came out, but like teams do claim guys from the Maple Leafs. Just mm. to fuck with them, I forget where I heard that, but like that, I remember that it did come from like a legit like insider. Oh, really? <laughs> like that teams do that, yeah. So this is a case where it just worked really well for Arizona, I think, because they got a decent goalie out of it. Yeah, I mean, I'd say so. Signed like he was solid, and then they signed him to an extension, and he's going to be the guy for at least a few years. So yeah, um, he signed until twenty four, twenty five. Yeah, but, Ingram, I mean, however, has this season, and then he's an RFA with arbitration rights. So that'll be interesting to see what happens. Yeah. So, but I mean, claiming Connor Ingram off of waivers from Nashville when he's supposed to be a stud and was probably going to be the backup when, yeah. in a couple of years when he was ready, like that's a that's a big dick energy move there by Arizona <laughs> to do that. <laughs> Absolutely. And you got the shirt on too. I fucking love that shirt. Still. Yeah. I need to get one. I need to make it. I'm trying to figure out how to make it a tank just with like our branding stuff. Um, yeah. Yeah. Cause I, I want that. I want that as a tank for the gym. <laughs> mm-hmm. I feel like that should be like the perfect gym shirt. Yeah. So, yeah. So big duck energy move there by the uh, coyotes. Okay. Just, I was going to say down the road, but I mean, I guess they're kind of down the road. But. Kind of down the road, kind of now. Yeah, you're like halfway there. Yeah. Living yeah. on a prayer. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and for any newcomers that are tuning in, this is uh, where that originated from. So come for the, the uh, come, come for the WHL and random other hockey talk on top of your ducks, and stay for the horrible puns that yeah. even guys <laughs> would be ashamed of. Yeah, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, the Arizona Coyotes claiming Connor Ingram is a big <laughs> energy move. Yes, it is. It's a what now? A big energy move. And uh, Vimelka signed for three more years, so give me a, a third time. A big energy move. Thank you. Hell yeah. <laughs> big duck energy move. That's big what duck, it is. Big dick. Yeah. For any kids listening, it's a, it's a big big duck. Big duck. Big duck, yeah. 
Which Daddy sounds Street, like yeah. the middle ground. There you go. <laughs> middle of the road between dick and duck. Doc. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Sure. <laughs> Uh, what else we got here? Uh, oh yes, the Ducks named the 21st Duck the other day. Uh, and then for those that don't know, it's um, because your standard hockey roster is 20 players. The Ducks name a 21st, which is kind of like a guy that they, or a person, I shouldn't say guy, person that they bring around the team to like various events and is like, I don't want to say mascot because that seems like downplaying it but like in a way they're like another ambassador. face of the ducks ambassador yeah yeah that's a that's a better word so um, I, I do have the description of what the 21st duck is oh that's perfect that. that's way better than <laughs> me just like trying to pull out the right words from yeah brain. so yeah so ambassador is uh, is a good way of putting it uh the 21st duck uh honors a fan who embodies characteristics such as perseverance character courage and inspiration or is a fan who is making significant contributions to the community mm-hmm yeah, so this year it's uh, 10-year-old Ethan Baroldi, and uh, he ha- he was born with a heart condition and also with a um, rare blood condition. And I'm not even going to attempt to say the names because they <laughs> are very medical and I will do very bad at them, but obviously very sad. So he's uh, had to have multiple surgeries, um, mm-hmm. and this kid's like already 10 years old, but he is a huge Ducks fan and a huge hockey fan. Um, oh yeah, here it is, fourth surgery um, he had, or he had his fourth surgery in 2020, like his first heart, fourth heart surgery, which is like yeah. wild when you're, I guess at the time, eight years old. So, yeah, um, the, the video that the ducks put out kind of announcing it and showing, uh, Ethan meeting the ducks and that kind of thing, uh, said that before he was two, he'd already recovered from a stroke and three separate heart surgeries. Mm-hmm. That's insane. And yeah. in 2021, joined the Junior Ducks. Like, and is, and is actively playing hockey. Good mm-hmm. on that kid. That is yeah. awesome. That's, uh, yeah, I mean, that's an inspiration. Like, you just, this kid loves hockey, and, like, he's not going to let anything stop him from doing that. So, like, yeah. it's just, A, it's awesome to have, like, just, like, a, a kid like that who's just, like, so fun around the team. Like, it's, it's got to be fun for those guys. It's great for the kid because he's, like, loving life he's meeting all these cool nhl players like he's probably trying to get zegris to teach him how to do the michigan so he can whip that out (laughs) and minor hockey and just absolutely toast every other exactly (laughs) but like so like it's just like super cool but yeah so it's awesome for the kid it's awesome for the team um yeah i mean like over the last few years they've had like adults do it as well Mm -hmm. um and they're they're a lot of fun so like they yeah. yeah so like they do like interviews like either with the guys in the intermission or like they're interviewing players so they just get like cool opportunities that way and like i would love to see this kid like interview trevor zegris or, or something like that because like i think that would be a lot of fun but well he did say zegris is his favorite player so i'm sure we'll see oh, one sure. at some point so yeah have him on the podcast with zegris that'd be great that'd be i'd yeah. love that so and like the little bit that like they were interviewing uh were, were interviewing him because it sounded they they were had played it up that they were it was he had done something else, I think mm-hmm. it was, and then they were having a couple of the guys come out to tell him. Yeah, um, he's a very he does better with the English language than I am right now. Let's put it that way. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, he he speaks very well for a ten year old. So oh, like not cool. not saying that like ten year olds don't speak well, but mm-hmm. like like he speaks like an yeah. adult almost. And like the the yeah. the short little clip that we had. So mm-hmm. I um I I'll be honest, I haven't watched the video. I've like read about. 
this mm. kid, but I haven't watched the video because I just like haven't needed a good cry like <laughs> lately. So like I, I've been, I've just been like saving it for when I need one of those. And uh, so like, because so I'm not like a hundred percent sure on like what this kid's story is. Like is, is like are his um, like conditions like terminal or like are the cert like he's had no, these four surgeries and like now he's good. He should live a long, happy life and as, may need another surgery yeah. down the road, like kind of thing. But I don't, yeah, I don't think it's anything terminal. I think it's, it's just something that he lives with. I okay. I have no idea exactly. So okay, but gotcha. It, it didn't yeah. it didn't seem like it was anything that was a terminal. Thing okay, now yeah. at least. I mean, the kids For, going around yeah. playing hockey. So yeah, that's fair. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's good. Like, it's obviously not great that he's ten years old and like has these awful yeah conditions that prevent him from being a kid. But like yeah. um, but at least like. Because, like, I know sometimes teams will bring around, like, kids, like, almost like Make-A-Wish Foundation kids where it's like, uh, yeah, like, they might only have, like, the year to live. So, like, we're going to give them as much as we possibly can. And then, like, I like I love those stories, mm -hmm. but, like, it just, like, makes me so sad, like, all yeah. the time. So, um, but, yeah, it, it's good that they can do this for someone who's not, like, terminally ill as well. Because, like, obviously this kid deserves it. So yeah, I'm not trying absolutely. to I'm not trying to say like oh he's he's not gonna die like why why did we choose him like it's still good. <laughs> I just want to be clear. Okay. That I, I on that note, want, yeah. on that note. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so oh my god, coming back full circle. I uh, I'm excited to see what uh, what they include this kid in for uh, the season because I think that's an awesome opportunity. <laughs> yes, I'm excited as well. Okay. Um, what else we got here? Okay. Um, yeah, I mean, we don't want to end on this next topic, I guess. So we shall... Uh, so, yeah, let's talk about it. Um, we know this is a US-based podcast, with it being the Ducks, but we live up here in Canada, the good old great white north. And, and I mean, I, I'm sure that people have heard about it. It's kind of a global oh, yeah, it's situation been, for hockey. Yeah, it's been um, headlines. Yeah, but it's obviously something we don't, I guess, want to talk about, but it's something that needs talking about. And we, um, I guess I should say what it is. It's the Hockey Canada whole situation has been yeah, awful. The sexual assault, um, I guess, allegations and the, um, what's the word? Like the, the dealing the of it. Yeah, yeah, and like the, the slush fund. funds for yeah, uh, slush the, fund, yeah. for paying off these sexual assault victims as a result of um, young male hockey players doing all of these awful things, and the CEO and board members like kind of trying to sweep it under the rug, seemingly like it's been awful to hear yeah. about, and it's it's so shameful. But um, and, and and so we're not going to get too much into it. Because guys like Rick Westhead or uh, like reporters like him and Katie Strang of The Athletic, like they're doing a fantastic job mm -hmm. with, you know, pushing and trying to get as much information from the people that don't want to give the information as possible and putting together really solid articles. So um, if you pay for The Athletic subscription, like you, you got Katie Strang. If you don't, it's definitely worth it to get just for her articles as well as the other ones because mm -hmm. they're very well written. Rick Westhead is with, uh, I believe he's with TSN, TSN right? Yeah. yeah. 
Um, so, I mean, his articles are great too, but like, so the, those two are the, the people to follow for that. But, um, Katie and Katie and Rick were also the people who were spearheading the Kyle beach and Chicago yes. Blackhawks stuff, right? Like mm-hmm. they are in on this stuff hard at this point. Um, yep. request had even put out a tweet the other day saying that like, uh, a parent of somebody had come up to him at a Starbucks and said like, as soon as this NDA is gone, that's on my kid. Like Mm -hmm. we're coming to talk to you because there's stuff that needs to be told here. So like just the Kyle beach thing alone has allowed people to feel confident enough to finally come forward, which is Mm -hmm. fantastic, right? Like it's, if you are somebody that's, that's listening to this and you've dealt with anything like this, like you're, you're not alone and there are people that are there to support you. And, um, I'm sorry if you do feel that you are alone or that you can't come to talk to anybody about it and no one's pressuring you to talk about it either though. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, when you're comfortable, there are people out there who will listen and help you in that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I just wanted to put that out there. If, if, you know, we, we joke all the time of like, Oh, DM me for, you know, whatever stupid shit that we're talking about on the show. If, mm-hmm. if there's something like that though, that you want to talk about, my DMS are open as well. Um, and uh but yeah to to cover it up the way that hockey canada has and the continue to try and yeah sweep it under the rug like after things have come out about it to defend the different leaders of hockey canada and almost like like this the other day like straight up call themselves the victims uh in this whole situation like it's disgusting Mm. um to put out to have to have a marketing firm put out a survey that in like in in between a bunch of other questions is straight up asking uh like on a on a scale of <clears throat> excuse me a scale of like 1 to 4 1 to 5 um the media is blowing the this conversation out of proportion they did that they did that. Did you not see that? No, I didn't. Oh yeah, it was oh. it was the media and uh, and something else are blowing this situation out of proportion. Like it's Damn. it's disgusting, and it's like I'm I'm happy that only one jersey in my collection has the Hockey Canada logo, and it's very tiny, even at that. Mm-hmm. Uh, all the other ones I have are Olympics and that sort of thing, which yes, Hockey Canada is a part of, but that specific Hockey Canada logo is only on one jersey um and even then i i might try to get rid of it even um Mm. but uh yeah it's just it's it's appalling for what these people are doing to think that they've done nothing wrong and for the reason we're talking about it this today is that the ceo and the rest of the board of directors um did step down this morning uh, or, or yesterday morning, Tuesday, sorry. Tuesday, Tuesday morning, yeah. Yeah, Tuesday morning. Um, otherwise, I'm not sure if we would be at the point even to talk about this yet, but like mm. massive change has finally happened within the finally organization. Started. Finally or, started. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, I guess not happened. Yeah, there's still a lot of stuff that needs to, mm. that needs to happen to, uh, for, for Hockey Canada to, if, if they are going to even, we'll have to see if Hockey Canada dissolves and a new entity comes into play 
um, which is something that's been talked about for a long time, especially with the people who were at the head of it, uh, mm -hmm. digging their heels in the ground. It's like, okay, this might just need to get demolished entirely and something else take its place with better morals, essentially. Yeah. Um, it's shameful, even as a Canadian, that the people who are running hockey is and again this is an american podcast but hockey is canada's sport it's so ingrained into this country as a whole right that the pe like the the people at the top of the highest organization in it are oh no we didn't do anything wrong our victim or not like are are pulling out like what aboutism essentially in mm -hmm. front of the Canadian government. That's a, that's another thing that just like, like they're saying this stuff in like, you are on trial here and you're saying this in front of representatives of the Canadian government here. Mm -hmm. Right? Like for, for, for Americans who don't understand how Canadian politics works necessarily, they're basically on trial in front of senators is the American equivalent here. And they're telling them, no, we, we didn't really do anything wrong. Or like they're they're defending themselves against it. Right? Like there's and there's there's yes, saying that you're guilty and even just being apologetic. They weren't apologetic whatsoever. And it yeah, was just no, they had no absolutely remorse. disgusting. Um last week was Andrea Skinner, who was uh the director of Hockey Canada and one of the uh, interim uh, board chairs hmm. um, who had defended the organization was the one who did call out like, oh, we're, like, we're the victims in this situation. Um, hmm. She resigned over the weekend on Saturday. Um, if you're an MLB fan, uh, Blue Jays, Seattle were playing on Saturday night. In the middle of that game is when Andrea Skinner put out her resignation letter essentially publicly. Um, PR move that's great, but it's for shit reasons. Um, mm. basically, you're trying to hide it in the middle of everybody's focus is, on, is over here, yeah. and it's oh, okay, nobody will really notice this. Then you're Andrea Skinner, piece of shit. Uh, <laughs> and um, yeah, was correct me if I'm wrong. She was saying Hockey Canada was the victims because all of their major sponsors had pulled fun funding from like the men's yeah, hockey programs. Yeah, right? so so many of them were pulling funding and even after Andrea had said those things, um, more pulled it. Over the weekend, mm -hmm. I believe it was Nike and Bauer, which um, Nike is the jersey supplier for international hockey, right? Mm -hmm. It's it's the States, it's Canada, it's Latvia, it's Germany, it's like everybody wears a Nike jersey. So your and and all the clothing is done by Nike as well for uh, mm -hmm. for Hockey Canada. Um Bauer pulled sponsorship and that's all of their equipment is sponsored by Bauer. Um mm -hmm. uh, is, is Bauer gear. So um yeah like and then you, even just like from like a literal on ice sponsorship, right? Like mm -hmm. You're suddenly trying to find you'd be finding a different jersey supplier or something like that, right? Yeah. And um yeah, so they pulled their funding over the weekend along with uh other 
massive entities uh, over the Canadian last week was like, like was like Canadian Tire and Tim Hortons and that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, which like they're the all ones, the ones that are like, oh, this is the, the big um, money ones. Yeah, because they, they, they sponsor things like during the Men's World Juniors where it's like mm-hmm. either with board ads or it's like this is the, um, uh, this isn't the case, but it's like, oh, the Canadian Scotiabank power play kind of thing. Like all of that yeah. stuff is like gone. So, yeah, so it's unfortunate that the only thing, it wasn't even anything human or empathizing that had them step down. Mm-hmm. It was, okay, it, it was money at the end of it. Yeah, th- that's fucking what caused sucks. it. Yeah, it, it fucking sucks. It's awful that it had to come to that. Like, it's it's fantastic that these companies were like, no, this isn't right. Like, we need to do something about it, so we're going to pull funding. And then that's like the only way that Hockey Canada listened yeah. to and was like, oh, maybe we're doing something wrong and we need to try and do something else here. And, because everything else yeah. wasn't working. They didn't give a shit. So and there was... and and. I know this week as well. I, I believe it was this week. Last week was a blur. I'll be honest here um, <laughs> for multitude of reasons, but I believe it was last week was a second fund came to light that was used for these sexual assault cases that were brought to them um, mm-hmm. to just like to sign NDAs and that kind of thing to the, yeah. the actual victims of what's been going on. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. A second one came out and it's still, I, I think it's been, Again, look at Katie and Rick's uh, articles for this. I'm I'm trying to remember a lot of this up to the best of my ability. Um, I believe it has been confirmed though that like those uh, funds were funded by player registration across Canada. For every like time minor you sign, registration, yeah, 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 every time you sign your kid up for hockey, I think it's uh, or it said it, for Quebec at least, uh, three dollars of every registration is given to Hockey Canada. Three dollars doesn't sound a, like a whole lot, but think of the amount of kids that play hockey, especially in Canada, right? That mm-hmm. adds up very quickly. Well, because um, every small town has at least one, yeah, minor has a hockey, hockey club, team. and yeah. then the bigger ones have like six, ten. Big cities have like the whole minor hockey leagues of like yeah. oh like and that's, and that's South Calgary league. has thirty teams yeah that's North house Calgary league to rep leagues as well right yeah so it's yeah it's it's so yeah so, it adds up like it's and it's it's probably billions of dollars and it's still unknown I think currently if sponsorship and any government funds whether federal or provincial were used to pay off any of these victims essentially. So I believe that's yeah. still being looked into currently. Um, something else that I had just seen as well before we went on air was that um, with uh, the CEO and board uh, stepping down, they are looking into as well, any severance that may be paid out and where that money is coming from as well. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. They're definitely going to be under the microscope for their, uh, which accounting there, fucking so. rightly so. And oh, absolutely. There are, yeah. And there are still people that we need to hear from as well. Like, uh, like Carter, I know you're an Oilers fan, and I know this. Is oh, this doesn't matter. Doesn't I don't know. It yeah, doesn't but, matter. Yeah. <laughs> but Bob Nicholson, who is the owner, right? Oh, of, uh, uh, no, of, he. No. Um, no, Daryl Cates or? is the owner. I don't remember Bob Nicholson's. Oh, owner. right, and and he's had his own things in the last uh, yeah too. but we're he's, not getting into that um no. he is the president and ceo of uh the of the uh, oilers. oilers entertainment group which is like the company that owns that, the oilers that owns kind the of. oilers and multiple other yeah. things. yeah and, and i think so, daryl cates is the owner of that so therefore yeah. owns the 
So yeah. Anyways, so he's Bob Nicholson yeah. was the, uh, I believe, was the CEO until 2014 of Hockey Canada as well. I and, think so. Yeah. Yeah, and so, and they like the the government of Canada still hasn't been able to get Bob Nicholson even to appear in court. Essentially, no. Um, it's, it sounds yeah. like it is going to happen in the next week or two. I don't remember. It, ha- it has to eventually. You can't yeah. hide for. But but. it's just like that none of this has, like, there's still a lot of people we need to hear from, essentially. Oh, yeah. And and Bob Nicholson, you might be thinking, well, Bob Nicholson was done in 2014. What does that mean? Well, it's because that, like, they they basically came out and said, like, yeah, we get at least, like, two of these a year kind of thing. And Mm -hmm. there is one that we haven't heard as much about yet, but there was another case that came out for the 2003 junior team. Which oh yeah probably there were guys there that have played NHL careers at this point like are retired mm-hmm. after being yeah. done like this goes this goes back years it's not just a 2018 mm-hmm. thing this is massive buildup that is being uncovered so yeah. yeah yeah this is yeah he was there from 98 until 2014 so that's 16 years like that's a long that's a long it's time. a long so time. like yeah. he is he definitely has. Some, he knows stuff. Some knowledge, or he was the guy that came up with the idea. Like he, he is associated in some way with it. Yeah. He, he has to be. Like there's no possible way that he's not. I, I don't think, unless this is like a master plan by like the vice president or something. Like it's yeah. like you, like you. I guess you never really know an innocent until proven guilty. But like, if you're around that long, yeah. So you, you would is, think. Yeah, this is still obviously a developing story in terms of what has happened. Um, I know for Hockey Canada, as it is currently with the board having all stepped down, again, thank fuck, it only took you four months of in-depth investigation and trying to cover your own asses. Um, There will be a interim management committee um until a newly constituted uh board i hope i said that right uh appoints a new ceo as well to lead the organization and a election is being held uh on december 17th um for those positions hockey canada had put out a statement i haven't found the statement yet but uh they say that the current board will not seek re-election which is good yeah i mean it it definitely seems like things are moving in the right direction like uh, we'll obviously have to wait and see like if the yeah. results of this election actually lead to anything different like these are all good things to say and good steps to take but it's there's definitely still a lot of work that needs to be done at this point um yeah. so yeah i guess this is just this kind of feels like the like the middle of the whole story yeah, I guess. so like, i guess that's kind of why we're talking about it and then we we probably yeah. aren't going to talk about it again until things are resolved hopefully for the yeah. better um at least we'll like it's sad we'll to say that like we're, we might just be at the start of all of this yeah so yeah, like, exactly. this could go on for this could go on for a year two years or more yeah or more so yeah yeah so, so i mean we don't have to talk anymore about this but it's it's definitely something that i think should be brought up and um obviously with this being the start of the nhl season like there's lots of other things going on in in the hockey world that can kind of make it so this gets um just just lost in like the media cycle i guess so yeah um, so i guess we just kind of wanted to 
bring it up and, and say that this has been going on. Positive steps have been made, but like, mm-hmm. let's not just forget about it yeah. now. So, um, so yeah, that's, I guess, we just wanted to make sure it's still out there, I guess. Yeah. At least that's, that was my thinking of it. So, <laughs> yep. So, oh, 100%. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, take a, a sharp left turn here and uh, get into some upcoming games for the Ducks. Did I do okay? Did I keep myself relatively calm? Yeah, you're good. Yeah, you're fine. Yeah, no, I'm proud of you. <laughs> we we have had discussions off air about this, and you've seen me get pretty heated about. Oh this, yeah, so. yeah, for sure. So, um, yeah, Ducks have one upcoming game before our next episode, which will come out on Monday. We're going to be back to two episodes a week now that the regular season has started. So, um, so yeah, Monday. Look for that to drop on your favorite podcasting platform or on YouTube. The video will be out. Um, I think last season I generally scheduled the video for like in the afternoon. I'll probably just make it for the same time as the episode, which is like 3 a.m. Eastern time, midnight Pacific. Um, so yeah, look at look for the video on YouTube if you are one of the people that prefer to watch the video versions of the uh, the episode. It won't be live streamed on Sunday or, or Monday or anything. It's just going to boom, there it is kind of thing. So, um, so yeah, uh, but... In between now and then, we'll have one game, which will be Saturday at New York, which will be 4.30 Pacific time. Um, remember, it's a Saturday, so they can do... Uh, I guess that's 7.30 New York time, so that's... Yeah. I was like, why is that such a weird time? But yeah, 7.30 New yeah. York time is 4.30. Uh, 4.30 Pacific, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, let's see if the Islanders have changed. I don't really think they have. Um yeah, I mean, the lineup looks pretty similar to the last year. It's kind of just everybody's a year older and theoretically a little bit better than they yeah. were last year. Yeah, even their Arzal's goalies are the same. Arzal's going to have a nice extension kicking in next year. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So, he, yeah, I mean, there's yeah, there's really nothing to talk about in terms of lineups. Usually first matchup of the year, we like to go into the... Um, like the lineups and rosters and stuff, just be like, oh, this person's moved, this person's moved, this is how the team's going to look compared to last year. And like, mm-hmm. you kind of just know what you're getting from the <laughs> Islanders at this point. You're getting defensive hockey, probably a 3-2 game, and... Lou Lamorello didn't really do a whole lot, except hire no. a new coach, because Barry Trotz is like, okay, see you later. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. So that's... uh which that is something we forgot about on our preview, actually. <laughs> There's a couple of things I was looking back and I was like, oh, we forgot about that. We forgot about that. Oh, shit. Yep. Yeah. That might change yeah I mean, it's like, it's hard to cover it all, but I still feel like yeah. fairly confident with my picks. But oh, like, for sure. Oh, yeah, yeah. That might be a factor, though. So, yeah, it, it's things that might have swayed me like, oh, I'll move them up a position or down a position, but generally not. Where did we have the Islanders? We, we both had them, I think, in the playoffs or close to, right? Because we both said they were kind of going to. Or no, I think I had them just out of a playoff spot. Let me double check our Twitter because I did post our I did post the graphic of it yesterday. Oh, okay. Yeah. Let me find it here. Yeah. And um You had the Islanders in sixth in the Metro. Sixth. And I had them okay. in fifth. Okay. So we both have them missing the playoffs. Just out, yeah. More yes. than likely. I, yeah, I think my now that I think back on it, my rationale 
for that was that it's not that the Islanders got worse, it's that they didn't do anything to get better. Yeah, and everybody got better around them for the most part. Yeah, and like, yes, last year we talked about them being like top of the division and then they had that big long road trip and COVID hit them and just they, they just got the shit into the hockey stick for the whole year. But so like theoretically they should just be better again, but like also was kind of the in between time of when they got COVID and that big long road trip to start the season was that kind of mm-hmm. also just the true colors of the New York Islanders? Like, are they just yeah. a good team on paper? But they were and, playing and, better at the end of last year. But yeah it'll, yeah, it'll be interesting to see for sure. Yeah, and I mean, new coach will help too because it's possible, like that. You know, they just weren't um, living up to their potential, and the, the the coach is all they need to mix some of the lines up and get the chemistry going better or like change the system. So I don't know it's hard to say, but I mean, I like, I kind of like our chances against the Islanders. Like, I think this is a very winnable game for the ducks. Mm. Like, I think they're, yeah. it's an even matchup, I guess I should say. So, and how many times did we say that last year? <laughs> not many. <laughs> and exactly. it's not going to be many this year either. I don't think. So, <laughs> yeah. So like, like I said, I, th- I feel like this is just going to be a good, 3-2 game, like John Gibson's going to be in good form. Um, yeah. Others' defense might be a little rusty. So, like, it's... These are the kind of games that you want to get wins out of in October because you never know if you play the Islanders in, say, March. Like, you might not get that because they're playing a solid defensive structure. John Gibson has been run into the ground and... um doesn't quite look so winnable. But at this point in the season, I think we should get two points out of this game, this one here. Yeah, that'd be nice um, too. Yeah, I'm calling... Sorry, for, first first week of the season, have four points. That'd be great. Yeah. you. I, I mean... <laughs> Again, we're, we're pre-recording this part, so like... <laughs> that, that could age this very could already poorly. be redundant. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, fucking an hour, like, <laughs> the, the Ducks could be yeah, down three, <laughs> three nothing already. Like, it's... Yeah. <laughs> Um, God, I hope not. That would be a horrible watch along. <laughs> yeah, I, I would not be a fan, that's for sure. But yeah, I mean, I think 3-2 for this game. Uh, no, I'm going to say 3-2 later for the Seattle Kraken. So I'm going to say I'm gonna say 4-2. Anaheim wins this one. I'm waiting for a couple weeks to see what everybody is before I give you any Ooh. predictions. I'm going to hope. I'm just going to hope for a Ducks win. <laughs> No, you got to give a score. That's the fun. What you want? You're gonna go you only predict scores when you think you're gonna be 100 percent right. That's lame. Okay, fine. Three one ducks. There you go. There you go. <laughs> I'm you. not I'm sticking by it though. Oh no! I used to write whatever, these down, whatever, and then we would the, talk about yeah. them like the next episode, and I, I've given up. It's just whatever the score is. I'm just gonna go. Yep, that's what I thought it was gonna be. <laughs> yeah. Every once in a while, we get like wild, and we're like, oh, six nothing, and then it happens, yeah. and we're like, oh, remember when I said that? But like, otherwise, it's just like. Yeah. This is for fun. Yeah. Exactly. We should. You know what? No, I'm I'm gonna I'm starting oh a sticky note. We're writing it down. Yeah. We're doing uh the time of recording, we're not even at game one yet. <laughs> yeah, I know. So I'm gonna here. We'll rate Seattle. Oop. Oh my god. And then uh and we'll, we'll do that later. We'll do that on the watch along. But uh New York Islanders. I said what did I say? I said four two, Anaheim. Yeah, I said three one. And Nate said Three to one, Anaheim. Okay, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna do a tally this year. We're gonna see we're gonna how see. we do over the eighty-two game season. As a collective or individually? Um, 
Uh, uh, kind of both, I guess. Okay, sure. Yeah, like, we'll see if I'm just, like, a prediction god and I get, like, 60 out of the 82 right and you only get 40, yeah. then that'll be cool. But <laughs> otherwise, we'll... We'll also keep track of you got if one of us got right, it. I would be very impressed and go, okay, you can send me whatever oh, the yeah. scores are you that you think, and I'm gonna I'm gonna bet on them. <laughs> oh, absolutely. I'm gonna start doing like the, those those bets as well if I do that well. But because usually I'm way off. But yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's uh that's my prediction here. So uh yeah, I mean that's upcoming <laughs> games, just the one so far. Probably John Gibson in net too for the ducks. I would imagine. Yeah, it's early and, in the season still. Yeah, run them into the ground, tire them out before <laughs> before November, and then let's uh, see what happens. Make our way for Bedard. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean that's literally what happened last year. Is like they he was doing fine in October, and then the whole team settled in in early November, and we were like, oh yeah, this is good. American Thanksgiving here. We were on like a ten game win streak or, or ten game point streak yeah, or something. We were and then, good and then nope, fucking crashed and burned. We were top in the division. Do you remember that? Yeah, and we like we sat there for a little bit. It wasn't like a one night thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Like we went into the season like you know what we just want to see some fun from it, the yeah. the young guys. Like there's very few expectations for this team, and then that quickly changed on that big win streak. We're like playoffs are bust, and then we busted hard and not in the fun way. <laughs> And then we were just miserable the rest of the season because we got that taste, that taste of greatness. But oh. we would have just been happy if the Ducks were mediocre for those 10 games because that's what we way, expected. The best way to describe it is it wasn't a long-term relationship with a playoff spot, but it wasn't a one-night stand either. It was kind of like your summer fling. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it started as a summer fling in July. You caught feels in August, and then you were just miserable all winter. Yeah. That's exactly it. And end by <laughs> October. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Except instead of July, August, um, September, October. It was October, yeah. November, December, and then January. We were like, eh, fuck this. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Who's, who's right. number one in the draft? Shane Wright? Ah, oh, fuck. That's not good. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's what it was like. Yeah, uh, exactly. Okay. What's quacking? <laughs> All right, so I've had this one set aside for a little bit here. Uh, this was a post by user Keep It Shark on uh, Reddit. So, Carter, you and I are a big fan of uh, Jackbox games. Yeah, those are good. Uh, you do own it. I don't. I have a couple of them, yeah. But I but I love when I get to play it at friends' houses. I'm that guy, yeah. I guess, for this. Yeah. Um, and uh, one of the games that we have played in the past, though, is uh, Tico. Right where you design the T-shirt. Oh yeah, and, yeah. Uh, and somebody will, you know, write kind of something, and you, you kind of match them together. And Ma you match a picture with the words. With the words, but and, you don't. Yeah. But they're separate. So someone comes up with a bunch of words, and someone comes up with a bunch of pictures, and then you put them together in funny ways. Yeah, or I think the AI puts them together, and then you vote is? on which ones, like which ones, the one you want to move forward. Oh right, yeah, and then you get points off. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, so Keep It Shark had posted this to the uh, Jackbox Games uh, subreddit. I woke up <laughs> this morning with a slight hangover and buyer's remorse. Also, I've gotten shirts from Tico before that I do actually wear. Uh, oh, yeah, because you can buy them. That's right. <laughs> yeah. I am very grateful that they were there to help. Uh, I'm tagging this as a meme, but this was really, uh, this was really the response, and I love it. Um, so... <laughs> uh, so the email 
that this person sent out. Subject line, Jackbox Tico shirt order. Uh, subtitle, A Plea for Mercy. <laughs> <laughs> to whom it may concern, I played Tico last night with a group of friends and had a wonderful time. However, this was aided by the use of alcohol, and upon waking up, I suddenly remembered that I had ordered a t-shirt of a minion with giant tits and the saying, <laughs> live, laugh, lactate. <laughs> And while I can't argue that this is a good use of $20, I don't think it's in y'all's best interest to print it. I also know it will never see the light of day. My order <laughs> number is yada, 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 and I would love to cancel it if possible. Thank you so much for your time and consideration. I can only hope you're willing to throw me a lifesaver from the ruckus waves of my own poor decisions. <laughs> Is there a picture of this? There isn't, unfortunately. No? So they, they actually canceled the order? Yes, yeah, so then there is a reply uh. from Jackbox as well. Uh, saying, hi, sometimes we need to live with our life choices, whether intoxicated or not. However, Mr. Jackbox is, is a merciful bald head and has agreed we cancel. We can cancel your order. You'll receive a refund in three to five days through the method of purchase. On a, or on a more personal note, this is the greatest shirt I've ever seen. We had a chuckle. <laughs> uh, we had I can't a chuckle. There's not a picture though. Yeah, I mean, so I guess we can't you. show this because it's going to be on yeah. YouTube. But like, uh. <laughs> we had a chuckle. So thank you for enjoying our games and sharing that joy with us. Best regards, <laughs> yada. Yeah. <laughs> That's good. That's very good. That's good stuff. <laughs> I know we have made some dastardly shirts on that. Sh on oh that yeah, game. there's there's been some some real cursed stuff that's come yep. out of jackbox but yeah it's and, and this has been a few times where i'm like do i want to buy this like i mean <laughs> yeah, i'm never gonna wear it but it's funny <laughs> yeah something to wear around the house <laughs> yeah oh <laughs> uh, and then we turned uh, one of those into a t-shirt that you can find on the tqr shop.myspreadshop.com or .ca carter's wearing it right now big d energy <laughs> yeah <laughs> watch me turn that into a sales pitch Perfect, I'm kidding. Perfect. That wasn't actually a Jackbox one. I should run with that no. though from now on. You should. Yeah. 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 Somebody good. somebody drew that on their phone and we just printed it off. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Oh. Well, yeah, I think that's uh that's about it for this part of the episode. Um because yeah. we're time travelers, we will see you um in a few hours for the first half of this episode. <laughs> You're going to confuse everybody here. Oh, I know. It's fantastic. <laughs> uh, yeah, which will we'll which will be at the beginning. Uh, of uh, why am I saying? Why am I explaining? I, you guys know what's going on already. <laughs> I, and I don't need to explain it to myself because I also know what's going on. So, it's yeah, the weirdness of doing the end before the beginning. Yeah, I know. Like, I don't get how people write books like that or like movies. I feel like some people are like, oh, this is how it needs to end. And then they like go backwards. Weird. Yeah, I don't get it either. Anyways, but, we will yeah. see you on Sunday, though. Yes, or, no, that's true. Monday. Monday. Yes, we'll see I each will, other on Sunday yes, to record I, this. Yeah, oh my God. yeah, there we go. Yeah. See, it's hard. It's, it's, it's it hard. hard. It's weird. Yeah. yeah. I, th I think last year, I, every time I said, we'll see you guys on Sunday for another episode. And it, no, it's Monday. <laughs> you guys don't see it till Monday. <laughs> we'll see uh, you on Monday. <laughs> yes, see you on Monday. But in the meantime, if people want to uh, get in contact with us, at Quack Report Pod on all of the socials is where you can do that. Or at HockeyPodNet is where you can contact the network. Um, if you guys want to talk about uh, WHL trades and uh, how fantastic Glenn Godden is with Nate, uh, where can they do that with you? Uh, you can tweet at me at Tate Namas, T-A-T-E-N-H-O-M-A-S. 
Perfect. And myself, at Carter underscore Potts, P-O-T-T-S underscore 97. Uh, I would love to hear some WHL trades that blew your socks off as well. That's not the phrase, but whatever. Uh, and yeah, <laughs> we'll see you guys on Monday for a, another episode. In the meantime, have a good one and go Ducks go. Go Ducks go.